Welcome to the December 13th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast, where we cover the biggest stories in Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency, and do a deep dive, in-depth market analysis each and every day. This is your host from outer space, Space Marine. Jumping right into that market analysis. Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is trading near the 2018 lows, or at them, depending on which cryptocurrency you're talking about. So I'm looking at the long-term, well, not so long-term Bitcoin charts, about the past month. So it goes back to about Halloween 2018. And uh, yeah, so Bitcoin was around $6,500 on Halloween. And things were much better then, even though the market seemed low and bearish on Halloween. It was a lot higher than today. It was almost like 50%, actually exactly 50% higher than today because it was uh, $6,500 by actually November 8th, November 9th. And today it's at like 32.50 pretty much. It's officially at 32.70 on Bitstamp, but it has traded as low as $3,200 on the 13th. So Bitcoin's in a narrow trading range right now for about maybe the past 12 hours. And it's right around 32.50, oscillating 32.70 right now, like I said. Bitfinex is at 33.50. They continue to have that premium of about 2 3%, sometimes 4% above the global market average because they're using a tiny bank in the Bahamas called Deltic Bank. And Deltic Bank needs some moolah to run the biggest Bitcoin to USD exchange in the world. It probably does cost a lot of money to move so much cash. So, going right into the deep part of the market analysis. Yeah, Bitcoin's near the 2018 lows. And its market cap is actually less than $58 billion, maybe $57 billion. So this is about as low as we've seen it. It probably has not gone below $55 billion during 2018 or right near those lows. The total crypto market cap is less than $105 billion. It wasn't that long ago. Like during this show, like we're on episode number like almost 130 now. Back when we started the show, Bitcoin's market cap was over $105 billion. Now that's the whole crypto space is less than $105 billion, including all 2,100 cryptocurrencies listed on CoinMarketCap. But there's only about maybe 1,700 cryptocurrencies on CoinMarketCap that have a market cap. But interestingly enough, just a note on that, like there's actually some cryptocurrencies that aren't listed that do have market caps too. So maybe it's around $105 billion, like total. Um, or around 100 billion. So yeah, the total crypto market is somewhere around 100 billion. It's better just to estimate it because these market caps are not really exact. Like sometimes the trading depth in the order book and the liquidity is very low for cryptocurrencies, yet they have a huge market cap. And But when the reality is like if someone sold a lot of it, it would crash the price and the market cap. Like literally selling $1,000 of some cryptocurrencies can make a, the market cap go down by like 10 million. That's true for some cryptocurrencies. I, I don't have exact examples here. But yeah, just look at that 24-hour volume on CoinMarketCap and keep that in mind. Like, th- that volume has to be high, otherwise there's no liquidity and the price will crash with any, even the slightest sale. Alright, so now going down the list of cryptos. Ethereum is not doing so good. It's at $86. It's been lower than this. It's been like $85 at least for the 2018 low, but it's approaching that today. It's less than $9 billion market cap. And Ethereum has some really bad stuff coming up and people are starting to realize it. It's going to have the Constantinople fork about one month from today. And up to that, like this next month is going to be quite wild and intense for Ethereum. They're trying to get rid of their miners. They're slashing block rewards from 3 Ether to 2 Ether. 
and try to implement prog POW, probably, which will ban ASIC miners. And ASIC miners are most of the Ethereum hash rate. GPUs just aren't profitable anymore. The price of Ethereum has declined so much that the ASICs aren't really profitable. Like, uh, people that are mining Ethereum at this point are diehard. And if they're diehard, they're not going to take kindly to being kicked off the network. Literally, Ethereum is trying to get rid of the mining community, which is something that helped it become what it is today. And they're not going to be happy about that. They might split off and just keep this version of Ethereum. So when Constantinople happens, there's a high likelihood of a chain split. It's not 100% certain, but there's a likelihood, just like the Bitcoin cash war, but different. Because literally, they're getting rid of the miners. So um, whoever, like, I think if that happened, this version of Ethereum that we have now, pre-Constantinople fork, would have a lot more hash rate than the Constantinople one. But here's the thing, the ASIC miners would probably stay on this version of Ethereum while the GPU miners would happily go to the next version, even though later on they will be kicked off too. It really just depends on each individual miner, but that, that'll be the general trend. ASIC miners will stay on this version, GPU miners will be happily go to the next one because there's going to be no ASIC miners there, depending. They might actually get rid of PROGKW. So if the war heats up a lot, they might give them like a little peace treaty an olive branch saying, yeah, we're not going to ban the ASIC. So anything could happen. This is going to be a rough month. And Ethereum is listed on BitMEX. The CEO of BitMEX, Arthur Hayes, said Ethereum is going to be a double-digit shitcoin. I don't say it's a shitcoin. I like Ethereum. It has a lot of uses. It's the best cryptocurrency for deploying smart contracts and decentralized apps. It's not a shitcoin, but it is double-digit. So he's verified on the double-digits part. And part of the reason it's double-digits is because when BitMEX added Ethereum, it became exposed to uh, short selling and 100x leverage on BitMEX. So this is the first sign of blood in the water. And like a shark, BitMEX is attacking probably. I can't blame it on them, but the drop to $86, even recent drops below $100 to $86 today, could be partially explained by strong short selling pressure on BitMEX. Ripple is above Ethereum at number two. Ethereum was above Ripple for so long, way above Ripple. Now Ripple's at number two. Keep in mind, Ripple is not an actual cryptocurrency, it, and that's been known for years. But somehow, some way, people lost sight of that fact. But I just did some deep research into this. Ripple uses the Ripple Consensus Protocol, and it's actually just a centralized. Um, it's like a set of. It doesn't have to be centralized, but it is. Let me explain. So it's a set of servers that validate each other for transactions. There's no blockchain, no blockchain at all, and the servers validate the transactions. And it could have been a decentralized system, but all the servers are actually controlled by Ripple, according to BitMEX Research. Yeah, BitMEX is a derivative exchange, and then they have a really strong research branch, too. So BitMEX Research actually did the... They downloaded the Ripple uh, software for the server, and they found that every server that's actually being used is controlled by Ripple Labs. So we have a completely centralized uh, coin here. And also, Ripple has an account freeze feature that they once illegally used. So Ripple can actually freeze people's accounts. They said they did that. They put that in there just in case the government needs them to freeze someone's account so they can remain compliant with regulations. And they've used it, though, for their own motives. Once, the, like Jed McCaleb, the founder of Ripple, uh, one of his kids was selling a million dollars of Ripple, and R Ripple Labs made the deal with one of his kids. And once they had the XRP... In the deal, they tried seizing the cash, too. Because I guess the cash was um, put onto the Ripple network. Because Ripple could actually trade any sort of currency. Like, you could put dollars on there, you could put euros, you could put anything on the Ripple platform. That's its strength, I guess. And so once they had the XRP, they seized the $1 million of USD. And then 
this was on Bitstamp, the deal occurred. So Bitstamp took the whole thing to court. Ripple Labs was found to have done this illegally. They used their account freeze feature for their own motives, and it was illegal too. So that actually happened, and it's well known that Ripple has an account freeze feature. Very much not in the spirit of cryptocurrency. He has no blockchain. They can freeze accounts. All the servers are centralized. It's a. It's not a cryptocurrency. But yet, here it is. $12.2 billion market cap somehow listed as a cryptocurrency. Back in the day, on CoinMarketCap, they had like a nice little star, maybe even like three stars next to XRP. And, they, and then you could read the footnotes that it was not a cryptocurrency. They got rid of that. Actually, no, they have one star here. Let me see. So they got one star next to the supply, but it's not right next to the name anymore. It says not mineable. That's not what it used to say, even. It used to really explain, like, hey, this really isn't a cryptocurrency. So, yeah, like, for some reason, the crypto space has accepted Ripple as a cryptocurrency, even though it's not. And it has number two place, and it's everything that Satoshi Nakamoto would hate. Satoshi Nakamoto designed Bitcoin to be a trustless and decentralized system. Ripple, you have to completely trust Ripple Labs, and it's not decentralized at all. All right, so now moving on with the rest of the market analysis. Well, we got Stellar. Below Ethereum, it's at $2 billion or so now. It's down a lot today, so it's declined below $2 billion market cap. Stellar, like we just mentioned, Jed McCallum, he left Ripple because he did not agree with what they were doing. I don't know exactly what he didn't agree with, but he left. And they actually seized his, like he got like $9.5 billion XRP Ripples when uh, he founded Ripple, and they actually freezed it once he was trying to sell it. So he can only, so yeah, by the way, so I know I said I was moving on to the next, but... Imagine if Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoins were seized when he left the Bitcoin developer team. That's kind of like what happened to Jed McCallum. Like, all of his Ripple got seized. <laughs> Just to prove how centralized is, not even the founder of Ripple can use his Ripple freely. FYI. So, Jed McCallum moved on to Stellar, kind of copy-pasted Ripple over there, and, but he's in charge. And it's a little different. It's a little better, I think. But I don't think it's decentralized. I still have to do thorough research, though, so don't take my word for it. I'll get back to that one later. But for today, it's down 7%. Pretty harsh. It's like, that's um, twice as much down as Bitcoin is. So Bitcoin's down 3.3%. Stellar's down 7%. And then here we have Tether. Congratulations, Tether. You're at parity today. Uh, so that's a big milestone. It's been It was way below parity for a long time. Then it was above parity for a few days this week. Let's see if it could hold a parity for like a day or two. That wouldn't that be nice? And then let's look at the other stable coins right now. True USD is at a dollar and two cents. USD coin circle and Coinbase's baby is a dollar and one cent. And then we got Paxos Standard uh, is at a dollar and one cent. So yeah, the stable coins have a hard time sticking a parity, and that makes them not so stable. And whenever a stable coin's even one cent above or below parity, that's bad. I look forward to some sort of future where stablecoins are stable, but, you know, if they can't get it right now when there's like $3 billion invested into them overall, I don't see how they would get it right ever, but that's just my opinion. All right, now moving down to EOS. EOS is kind of holding its own. It was at as low as $1.5 billion market cap at the lowest point of 2018. Now it's at $1.7 It's down 5% today, but it's just at $1.7 billion now. Uh, it's ranked number six behind Tether. Um... It's ahead of Bitcoin Cash again, just because Bitcoin Cash is sliding so hard. So we're, here we have Bitcoin Cash down 14% today. It's at $85. It's a horrible day for the Bitcoin Cash market. Both Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV, which are similar because they're forks. They forked at the same time for Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin Cash is actually Bitcoin Cash ABC, labeled as Bitcoin Cash now because the real Bitcoin Cash died. Before Bitcoin Cash's price was $600 
before the fork happened, now Bitcoin Cash ABC, which is called Bitcoin Cash, is at $85 and Bitcoin SV is at $75. Add that up, that's about $160. That's all that's left. And you have to combine two different cryptocurrencies to get that 160 bucks of value out of it when before it was just one cryptocurrency worth $600 or more. So I don't think that war was worth it. Like They both lost, really. And then Litecoin sandwiched in between the Bitcoin caches. So Bitcoin Cash has $1.5 billion market cap. Bitcoin SV has $1.36 billion market cap. In between is Litecoin at $1.4 billion. It's very possible that Litecoin will overtake Bitcoin Cash today. It already took over, it overtook Bitcoin SV overnight. And I actually called that it would. And I also called that it would overtake Bitcoin Cash. I think it will. But Bitcoin Cash is already down so much today. It might not happen today, actually. Um because there's only so much the market could go down unless it's going to be like a truly historically bad day for Bitcoin Cash. And we'll see about that. Uh, I don't think it's going to be like this crazy. It's already down 14%. Like, how could it go down more? And there's Litecoin. It's pretty stable. It's down less than 2%. It's near $24. Heading down the list of other important cryptocurrencies, we have Monero. It's declined a little bit. It's near $42. Now, 42 is my favorite number because of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, the answer to the life, the universe, and everything. And Monero is the number one privacy coin. It's really lost a lot of value. But what hasn't lost a ton of value? Well, I'll answer that. Dogecoin. It's down a little today, but it's still around $250 million market cap. And that's what it's been this entire nuclear bear market. So Dogecoin is actually the most durable cryptocurrency. <laughs> Believe it or not, it really is. All right, so then we got Dash, the number one X11 crypto, at $61. It's down 5%. And this will just lead us right into our story for the day. Church's Chicken in Venezuela is accepting Dash as a payment option. So Venezuela is having a severe hyperinflation crisis. And the news in Venezuela has been absolutely overshadowed by the Petro. Let me just say that first. So the government of Venezuela is supposed to release the Petro cryptocurrency. And it's become a huge, idiotic, distracting sideshow at this point. Like, I've written article after article explaining how the Petro is not a cryptocurrency, and I don't think I'm going to play into that anymore. That's what the whole media is doing. They're like, okay, the Petro is not a cryptocurrency. It's not a cryptocurrency. It's not a cryptocurrency. Okay, we all get it. It's not a cryptocurrency. Maybe we should stop talking about it. What's really going on in Venezuela is people are adopting real cryptocurrencies, and that's a big deal. So what we have here for the first time is a fiat currency collapsing in a place that is open to adopting cryptocurrency. And what we may see in Venezuela, ultimately is the permanent adoption of cryptocurrency. And it's already started. So Church's Chicken's a major chicken chain. They're the number four in the world, and they have a bunch of restaurants in Venezuela. And on a corporate level, they have adopted Dash. And it's interesting because uh, Dash was basically what the Petro was going to use for its code. Like, Petro was supposed to be a copy of Dash. And the reason the Venezuelan government chose Dash is because it's X11 masternodes. And masternodes make... Transactions highly anonymous, and that would be perfect for circumventing international sanctions on Venezuela. Likewise, Church's Chicken can use Dash and Masternodes uh, to keep their money hidden from the government and totally safe. So, you know, the Venezuelan citizens saw what the Venezuelan government intended on doing with a Masternode cryptocurrency, and they probably wanted to do that for themselves, because their money probably is not safe and what's about to happen there. Literally, the Venezuelan currency, uh, the fiat one, the Sovereign Boulevard, VES is the international currency code for it, it is totally collapsing. 
Uh, the Cafe Con Leche Index where someone buys the same cup of coffee at the same coffee shop in Caracas uh, like every week or so. It's showing that they had 100% inflation one week recently. Their inflation rate for the past six months, well, the annual inflation rate calculated from six months of data is 450,000%. When you don't average in the months in the early part of that period with slower inflation rates, we're talking, we're approaching 1 million percent inflation per year right now in Venezuela, and it's only going to get worse. It's a out-of-control hyperinflation crisis that will end in a currency collapse. Like, that is quite certain. So the Venezuelan government is about to lose its ability to print currency. The Petro might be just really a last-ditch attempt to raise money because they're going to lose their main source of money, which is printing boulevards. So that's a sideshow, all of it. Uh, people in Venezuela need a real currency. And let me that's a, that's related to what's going on with the boulevards. So the sovereign boulevard is losing value so quickly that let's say Church's Chicken, like, you know, they received boulevard at the counter, the sovereign boulevard, and then they held it overnight. They could lose their entire profit margin and then some take losses if they held on to that currency. So what do they have to do? They probably have to have an employee that runs around the town all day buying things with that currency. Literally, the second they get cash, they got to run outside and buy some chicken with it or whatever else they need. Or they got to buy some euros or dollars or they got to buy some Bitcoin or Dash. And so just to get straight to the point, you know, it's not good for business to have to dump all of your cash all the time. Because that means they will have no savings. So what's the better way? Except Dash. So Dash has been going down a lot. Like every other cryptocurrency has been this year. Relative to the USD, it's been going down a lot. But relative to the Bolivar, Dash is as solid as a rock. So Church's Chicken of Venezuela could just save money now. And this is much more optimal for business because they don't have to run out the door and immediately dump their cash for the first chicken they see on the street. They can get the best deal. They can wait a day or two or three or a week or two. And get the best deal on chicken instead of just dumping it immediately, like in the neighborhood uh, marketplace for the chickens that are there. And so Church's Chicken is setting itself up to be in a much better position than other chicken places that don't accept cryptocurrency. And basically what we have here, and this has been happening on an individual level in Venezuela. I've read plenty of news about how Dash is being adopted across Venezuela. Now corporations are doing it. So, right now we're watching Venezuela get totally wrecked. It seems hopeless, right? It's like, the fiat currency is collapsing, the government's being totally corrupt, and it looks like Venezuela's just about like totally have a death spiral like Zimbabwe did, and there's not much coming back from that. But, we have cryptocurrency in the world now. And what could happen is we could have Venezuela going from being totally wrecked to being a cryptocurrency utopia. And this might be a glimpse into the future. Really, it could be. This could be, like, let's say the fiat currencies in the world do collapse. I feel like they are going to, based on strong evidence, because of the global debt crisis and the global money printing crisis that goes along with it. That's just my speculation and opinion, if you want to call it that. But literally, so this could be a glimpse into the future. If fiat currencies collapse worldwide, it'll be like a replay of what's happening in Venezuela now. And the more fiat currencies worldwide, uh, the more inflation increases across the world. And it, let me tell you, it's increasing across the world every year the inflation rate for fiat currencies. So as we have our own slow motion fiat currency crisis, like then we'll look at Venezuela, which already went through it, adopted cryptocurrency is striving. So Venezuela might be the case model for permanent cryptocurrency adoption and abandonment of fiat currency. So that's the real story in Venezuela. The fake story is the Petra debacle. That is a distraction. It really is. So watch Venezuela closely, you might just be watching the future of what happens when fiat collapses and cryptocurrency reigns supreme. 
That is all we have for you today on this December 13th, 2018 edition of the BitcoinNews.com Daily Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode or go to BitcoinNews.com 24-7 for the full spectrum of Bitcoin, blockchain, and cryptocurrency analysis. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out.